Hello and welcome to another Be Your Own Loud podcast. My name is Matt Halloran. Today I'm interviewing Matt Gagnon. Now, Matt is a rare breed of life coach that has formalized training from an accredited program. He's not one of those fly-by-night life coaches that are just wake up one day and realize, hey, I live a great life, so therefore I should be a life coach. He knows the technique, the philosophy, the philosophical underpinnings of what it truly means to be a great coach. And I'm excited to interview him today because he is going to provide you with tools and techniques that can truly help you live with a courageous heart and to achieve your own greatness, especially his programs, Atomic Mornings. Matt, welcome to the show. Be your own loud. I want you to tell everybody why the hell you are who you are today, because it's a hell of a story and it really tees us up to how it applies to what our overall idea is here at, at, at Proudmouth. So hit me, brother. What do you got? Man, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for some pretty crazy, awesome mentors and some adversity. Like, I think adversity is the ultimate call to adventure. Every time we face some sort of trouble, some kind of thing shakes our world totally upside down, that's a call to adventure. And that's part of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, and, I, and I'm really inspired by that whole archetype. But my mom and my dad were like the ultimate influences on me. I know they did absolutely the best they could. I was born in a family of divorce. I have no memories of them together, but they remained really close friends right up until the day my father passed away about uh, eight years ago now. They were my best friends. They still, you know, my mom still is, uh, but my dad especially. Here's what really happened though. I learned at a very early age about addiction and my addiction first was praise. I was totally addicted to praise. That was my very first addiction. It's probably my favorite out of all of them. When anybody said something to me, even as a child, they'd tell my mom, your son is such a good boy. I loved hearing that. And it fueled me to do good things because I could hear that stuff. It's not the right motivation, but everything I did was about being the golden kid, do the right thing. And I really felt that at my core. But I had an unhealthy relationship with it, and I had an unhealthy relationship with not sharing how I felt. I felt like I could be there for everybody else and support them and be that vulnerable figure, but I couldn't, I couldn't let anyone pour into me. I just couldn't. And honestly, a lot of people felt nervous if I was having a bad day because they were like, man, if you're having a bad day, something's going wrong. I checked off all the boxes on how to be a good kid. I checked off all the boxes. And yet somehow I just got raging mad by the time I was in my 20s. And I just felt like I had been hurt by so many different people and made so many choices and just let toxic people into my life. And I was just angry. I was tired of always being that golden kid. Plus, I had taken quite a few hits to the head from high school football. And that started racking up. I didn't know how much damage that had caused in my life until about eight, nine years ago about the brain injury it caused. But adversity, again, was the big thing. I took that adversity and into my 20s, I started being praised constantly with money, with my job, being in the retail industry. I was praised with awards, promotions, and just extra over-the-top opportunities. Like everything was just totally bonkers. Like I was getting all of this stuff and I would run myself silly into the ground, traveling up to 26 nights a month, working nonstop. I was drinking 
15 cans of sugar-free Red Bull a day, plus 60 milligrams of Adderall. Holy crap. I was bulletproof. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, dude. Yeah. That's like, that's damaging levels of crap. That's what I've heard. You know, it's funny. I could have told people that I was drinking a case of beer every night and they're like, bro, you probably have a problem. But when I say the Red Bull thing, they're like, you should be dead. Like, it's just an immediate response. Like, that is not cool. I had bartenders say, I don't feel responsible. Like, this just doesn't feel right. I can't give this. Like, I got cut off from Red Bull. But I did it to keep going, going, going. Because who would I be if I wasn't always energetic? If I wasn't the cheerleader that people said I always was? You know, who would I be? I thought I wasn't going to be of any value. I never thought I was smart. I struggled academically like crazy, yet I was class president. I was a captain of the track team, did great with football, grade-wise, awful. And I had a boss at the time who told me I wasn't that smart, but promoted me, you know? So it was addicted to that energy. I had very toxic mentors too. And the thing was, I thought I could help them. That wasn't my responsibility to help them. You know, there was a lot of betrayals. And, you know, in all honesty, like I, I had... I had a mentor seriously betray my my own trust and I, I wrote my own Me Too article about it. It was yeah. it was a bad, bad experience. They just moved, made several moves on me, but uh, totally inappropriate. And it was harassment for a long time. I felt like a very small individual. And so hmm. it was during that time period in life where I just had strayed so far off track because that's the thing. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. You know? And I, I was feeling so small in life and beat down that I lashed out at others too. I'm not proud of choices I made, how far I strayed from my values that I still was learning, still trying to understand what they were. So it was a really challenging time period, but by the age of 30, I felt like an unlovable monster. But now... It's all about you helping other people see themselves, right? And I think that you can just tell by your face, by the way you carry yourself, by the light that's behind your eyes, that that you you woke up from that. What turned the switch? Was it a switch? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, help me with that, please. Let's talk about that switch because that was at the age of thirty. It was right around February, and that was that unlovable moment in a hotel room in Chicago where I decided that. I wasn't worth living anymore. That was when I attempted suicide. I thought if I took a big old handful of pills, my heart would explode. And I wanted to because I didn't think it was worth beating. That was a pretty defining moment. But the thing is, it didn't work, which was great because as I was laying on the bathroom floor, just sobbing, like that curled up in a ball, sobbing, I heard my my music playing in the background. I had it on my, my iPod. And the song Hallelujah came on. It was uh, Jeff Buckley's cover. And I absolutely, absolutely love that song. It doesn't really necessarily about the lyrics. It's just something about the way that thing's put together. Hearing the second part of the first verse, man, just like hit me to the core. It was like, uh, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift. Bible King composing, hallelujah. And that was just like the moment I just want to purge it all out. And I did. It changed my life that moment. I got back in touch with my faith. 
I stood up to some mentors. I started reclaiming my life. <laughs> and I went on this boot camp of self-discovery. I went to group work, and it wasn't about sobriety to me. It was about finding out what was it in life that was hurting so much that I felt like I needed to medicate myself. I answered that call to adventure, and I went on it, and it was painful. Answering the call is not easy. It was a painful first several steps, first several years. Yeah. I slipped. I fell so many damn times, but I kept getting back up. So that was a huge wake-up call and a massive turning point in my life. And it prepared me. It was training for other adversity. That's the thing with adversity that I want people to know is that it trains you for what's next. You start to feel almost unsinkable, not in an arrogant level, sure. but from a place of confidence. And so, yeah, when 2013 hit, we're expecting our son. That was a challenge too. The birth was really challenging. Things didn't go to plan. I learned very quickly that you can't just put, you know, the birth in the Outlook calendar and everything works out great. That was a yeah. foolish move. But blessed that he came out. My wife uh, needed a lot of recovery, and I had the greatest day of my life with my father and my family. You know, he was there for the birth, and it was like my best friends there came down from Maine. He was with us. Man, what an ultimate treat. I told my son in that moment because he was wheeled in to see me alone. My wife was still in surgery. Mm -hmm. And the birth plan being gone, I just took my shirt off and I held him against my own skin. And I just didn't want this kid to feel alone in this world. And I told that little boy, my son Fox, and I said, I'm going to show you what it looks like to build something of your own. And I'm mm -hmm. never going to miss a special moment of your life because it's never too late to make a comeback story. Mm -hmm. And I was still working nonstop in retail and I was not going to miss his life. And it was a month later when my dad passed away instantly, you know, of a heart attack. And the blessing there too was the night before I got to say, I love you again on the phone oh. without knowing. Oh. We got to have a great conversation. And my intuition was just pulling at me like crazy. There's something weird about his voice that night, hmm. but it was almost like, you know, my faith, it was like God speaking to me, just saying, Hey, just, we just be present and have fun with them. You know, we were joking around. My dad had a Christopher Walken type of speech pattern. It was hilarious. <laughs> just an amazing human being. And really some of my last conversations with him when he was still visiting in Texas was he was putting his hand on my, my shoulder and he was looking over the house that we had bought. He was like, man, I'm really proud of you. You made it. Mm. You're going to be a great father. <sighs> you know? Shit. That was like the greatest thing ever. So when you pass, there was nothing left unsaid. Oh. What a gift. It was a huge turning point because, you know, he was 61. I was 33. So I was like, man, I don't want to be halfway. Yeah. You know, his dad was 61 when he passed too. Ooh. So, you know, I didn't want that. And my health was rapidly declining. By 2015, that running myself into the ground, that praise thing, stopped working. I didn't know I had narcolepsy. But I was overcompensating with all those Red Bulls, oh, and all yeah. that Adderall. Yeah. I didn't know I had a brain injury. I didn't know I had Addison's disease where my body stopped making adrenaline and cortisol. I didn't know mm. that getting overly stressed now is greatly impacting my moods to a point where I couldn't control them at times. And people were looking at me like I was crazy. I was struggling to do the thing I was so good at. And so by 2015, being diagnosed with a bunch of crap, I went on disability. And I lost 
the only career I'd ever known for like 15 years, the one I was really good at. But I did have a realization that I no longer wanted to be on that path. Those values, see, this is the thing. I have this philosophy about living with a courageous heart. It's a philosophy I developed right around that time period. I birthed that thing in 2014 when I started coaching school. Before I went on disability, I went to coaching school and I said, I had this mantra that was a life purpose statement. I am the courageous heart that passionately beats to serve and empower the hurt, broken, and lost. That's who I realized I was at the core of my soul. And that's what I wanted to do for a living is to help people. I didn't want anyone in this world to feel alone. So I believe that living with a courageous heart, as I got to this chapter in life, was about living a life aligned with your values. But the problem is so many people live life aligned by the values defined by others or society. This is what I should wear. This is how I should talk. This is the job I should have. Six-figure income means I've made it and I should be happy. It's all garbage. You have somebody who comes into your sphere of influence who you recognize because of your personal experience, your personal growth and development in your education. And you realize that, that they're truly not living with a courageous heart. They're living vicariously through other people's courageous hearts. What do you do to help them wake up? Man, the first thing about living with a courageous heart is understanding that voice of limiting belief. We have this voice inside our head that we've inherited from people or traumas or whatever in life that starts saying, you can't do that. Who the hell do you think you are? It's trying to protect you from getting hurt and burned again, but it is totally an unqualified leader. But a lot of people don't always hear that voice. They just think it's who they are. You know, they don't get it. They don't hear like they say, I'm trying all the time. And they don't hear that I'm saying sorry or that they just like smile and laugh when they're angry or nervous. They don't get that stuff. You know, but I see it. I hear what you're not saying and I call it out. So we name that thing. We name it as if it's in a different person. And we start figuring out who you are because when I hear it, I'm going to call it out. It's a skill I originally learned in coaching school, but like I've grown with it over time. And I'm telling you, once you're educated on what that is, you're now empowered to do something about it. That's the beautiful thing about education is empowerment and includes your own limiting beliefs. You can't kill that thing. It's always going to be there. But you're going to be able to tell it to, you know, take a back seat that everything's going to be all right and you got this. So that's one of the major steps I take. Oscar Wilde said, you might as well be yourself because everybody else is taken. And, you know, part of what we really try to strive for here at Proudmouth is to help people, you know, be your own loud. And, and the reason why I really wanted you on the show after we spent an hour talking, after we had originally gotten to know each other, was because I believe that through your process and through what you offer to people, that you truly help them be their own loud. Because being your own loud for us is that empowerment is exactly what you were just talking about. After you've identified that and you start seeing the person become who they really are, how do you keep them on that path? One of the big things is I'm, uh, I'm seriously driven like to keep them on that path is we figure out kind of like what their journey should be by designing their values. We figure out what your values are because if you don't know what they are, they're like, they're like these empty vessels, these tanks inside you. If you don't know what goes in those, if you don't know your values, you're going to fill those tanks with crap that doesn't belong there, desperate to fill an emptiness. You're going to fill it with food. 
you know, emotional eating, you're going to fill it with addiction, you name it. And you could turn anything into addiction. You could be working out all the time, like, you know, you name it. But when we identify those values and going through an exercise of like, when were those peak experiences in your life? I guarantee you all your values lived in that. Were you writing more? Were you outside more? Were you playing music? You know, were you spending connection time with good friends? Did you have strong faith? We dig back into that stuff. People forget what they love to do, the things that brought them to life. And we figure out what did those activities evoke in you? They all have some kind of common thread, but each one of those values has one or two things that stand out the most in it. And so once we identify those values, that determines what we say yes and no to in life. And it's like, okay, how did this align with your values? Well, taking this job allow you to do the things you really want. Because when they say, hey, this new job is going to be huge for me. Like, I think it's, you know, it's a huge promotion, you know, whatever it may be. And I asked them, I said, well, what do you really want to do with that? They're like, I hope I want to spend more time with family. I want to travel, you know, and they say those things. I'm like, will this job allow you the capacity to do that? And that's when the light bulb goes off. And they're like, no, I'm going to be traveling more, actually. And I had the same breakthrough with myself. I was on a fast track. I could get promoted quickly in retail. And all of a sudden, I realized, like, I'm going to be traveling even more. Like, they will own even more of me, but it's going to give me more money. And I look at my son and I'm hearing cats in the cradle playing and I'm yeah. like, I can't, no, 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 no. You know what, dude, <clears throat> that song still destroys me to this day. And, and secondly, was a huge, I mean, much like the, the hallelujah song that, you know, really got you out of the first stage of what you needed to get yourself out of. Uh, that yeah. that to me is what I think a lot of people do. A lot of people work so hard early in their life to chase wealth, and then they have to use all of that wealth to just try to live the last little bit of their life with any sort of happiness whatsoever. And the other thing too, and I, we learned, I learned this from my mentor. You know, for everything that you want in life, you have to give up something proportionate to that want. That to me, when you look at your values, when you start noticing that you're giving up core values to get something that's maybe incrementally better. I mean, that hurts your soul. What, what do you think about that? I think absolutely I agree with that. If you have to show up at work differently than you show up at home, you got a problem. That's the first step about putting on a mask. I hear people say it all the time. Well, at work, I'm this way, but at home, totally different. And I'm like, how do you remember who you are after a while? You'll forget. But the thing about the values is sometimes it's counterintuitive for people. Because like when work gets crazy, they're like, I have to grind away. I got to hustle. I got to grind. I got to give up sleep, not go to doctor's appointments, give up vacations. I'm like, holy smokes, man. You know what you got to do? Because here's the thing. I created this whole program around routines. And the whole thing about morning routines has been how to create time for yourself and your values. What's important? Do you want to work out? Let's create time for that. But they're like, yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. I like it early, but I think I really want to tackle my emails. And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> no way. No, no, no. You're going to have your emails later. Instead, what would it be like to fuel your tanks with the stuff that fills you up? You want to meditate? You want to read? You want to play guitar? Like five minutes of that stuff will give you enough energy and juice to like really kick butt during the day. And I love that stuff. I'm like, hey, invest in some small things and see what they do for you. I remember having a tough day where I was just like, so frustrated with my Wi-Fi and everything else, nothing working. I'm like traveling across the country in an RV at the time. We sold our, like all of our stuff. We're doing this huge adventure and my stupid crap won't work so I can do my 
job, you know, and I step out of the RV and I look up and there's a massive mountain in front of me and I'm like, screw everything. I grabbed the backpack and I climbed a mountain. After a while, that's one of my values. I'm huffing and puffing up that thing and realizing how out of shape I was at the moment. And I couldn't think about stress. All I could think about was breathing, you know, and then I get to this certain spot and I'm looking around me and I'm seeing these fresh berries everywhere. And I'm like, man, I can eat out here. Too. This is amazing. We have like, I can just feed myself from nature's. And then I get to the top of the mountain and just the, everything opened up and it was like, man, I sat up there for a while and I just started writing. I couldn't stop writing. I had all this material I was writing for work. And it was for me, actually, it didn't feel like work. All this stuff. It was amazing, man. And so that's what I tell people. Just a little bit can fill your cup so much. Yeah. In living in the world, living in the world, mm-hmm. in living in the world, right? Yeah. In understanding that the world is as abundant as everything you just said, dude. When you're having to huff and puff, you realize that one, you can into that the earth is giving you all of that. Then when you look around and you just, I love when you said, oh, there's berries all over the place. I can eat here too. Right. I mean, if you look at what the world can give you with your eyes wide open, it's truly a miraculous thing. Now, when it comes to once again, helping people live with a courageous heart, that's right. There's so much noise out there, Matt, right? So this is something that we fight all the time whether you're a business person, you're not a business person, you're just existing in the world. There's so much noise. How do you help people through the values foundation, through the coaching that you provide and the accountability that provide, how do you help them rise above the noise to truly understand what is real and what is around them? You have to be willing to do things that make you uncomfortable. That's the biggest thing. And I, that's what I tell people. I'm like, if you're not willing to be uncomfortable with me, this isn't going to work. If you're not willing to try something other than what you've done every day, this is not going to work. And when people complain about this, well, the way I've always done it is like, then go back to doing it that way, but get used to the way it's been. And if you don't want to take any risks because you're waiting for the perfect moment, you better get used to waiting. Enjoy the wait. I challenge people in their limiting beliefs and I push them to be uncomfortable. There are times when I've thrown down pretty big challenges. When somebody's been talking about their job being such a pain over and over and over again, I'll throw it down and say, okay, when are you going to quit your job? Everything goes silent. I'm like, what's the date? Let's put a date on the calendar. When is it going to happen? They're like, uh, January, January, January 15th. I'm like, all right, great. So that means you're going to give you two-week notice You know, right around January 1st, end of December, right? O- okay. I'll send you a calendar invite. I send them a calendar. They're like, no, this is getting very real. And I'm like, perfect, great. But you know what it did? It did make it real. And I'm like, the date can change, but we've made it real by putting it on the calendar. Now they're rising above and they're starting to see this strength that they have inside themselves that they've made this choice. They've started standing up for themselves. They've started creating boundaries in their life and they're getting that confidence back. It is epic. And now they're starting to see the beautiful family they have. They're starting to see that there's a beautiful day outside, you know, that they have all these blessings in their lives. They've gone from outside of their head and now outward. And it's gorgeous to see happen, (laughs) watching people reclaim their lives and becoming really fearless through that process. I've seen people make some pretty bold life-changing moves. It makes everything that I've ever been through in life so worth it if I can be at that point to have that trust from them to make those massive changes in their life. I'm blown away. 
Yeah. I mean, they've done all the work. I'm just being a guide and I'm just massively inspired by them. So how, how do you, how do you find people to help brother? I mean, I, I, we didn't ask this previously. I, I'm, I'm listening to everything that you're saying. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not saying you fly under the radar because you're not under the radar, but how have you gotten on people's radars? This is the Be Your Own Loud podcast. Our whole idea here is to bring on guests who, one, have amazing wisdom to share, number two, are doing something fundamentally unique and different, and number three, that they have also become their own loud, whether that's both personally and professionally. And Matt, I think you've done it both personally and professionally. I think you have done a great job of rising above the noise and seeing what the truth really is. But how did you become you from a, a coach perspective, I mean, dude, okay, everybody, he just told me his freaking Ted talk is coming out in a couple weeks. Like you, you, they don't just get anybody on freaking stage here, people. So let's talk about how you get the word out and what medias or mediums you choose in order to connect with the right people so that they're going to hire you so that you can do this life's work. You know, when I was starting my coaching practice after disability, I was with a negative bank account, a new house, an infant son, and my wife out of work, and I'm on disability, LinkedIn was my platform of choice. It was free. And I had already been writing on there and building a presence anyways about leadership and about vulnerability and leadership. And I was kind of weird for talking about that stuff on there at that time period. But uh, it was important to me. I felt like that's living with a courageous heart is writing about those things publicly and being vulnerable too, because it can be your greatest strength when used appropriately. I lived with a courageous heart and I lived that through my videos, through my writing, and I wasn't doing necessarily sales pitches. I was the sales pitch. Like it was me, my value saying, hey, look, I wanted to be a lighthouse to other people and say, if you align with this thought process, this mindset of living with a courageous heart, I'm over here. You're not alone. Come on over, you know, and so I started building my tribe organically. Before I knew it, it's to get 20,000, 30,000. Like it doesn't matter the number of followers. It wasn't about going viral. My stuff doesn't go viral. It goes to the people I want it to go to. It's to my tribe. They find me. And that's the blessing. It's not an arrogance thing, but I put the messages out there and they message me. And I've been very blessed over the past six years that I haven't really had to do any outward marketing or lead gen. It's just been very organic. Now things are growing and I have to change my ways, but like I'm I'm so lucky for that. Yeah. That I've been able to and it's the power of authenticity. I see so many people, like there's a million of people what I do. My job's not special. It's not that unique. My values make me unique. Who I am as a human being makes me unique. And so I lead with that. And I'm not scared to be authentic because so many people out there that are doing this position or other jobs, they tell you exactly like, hey, here's what I believe in. Here are the people I work with. Here's my call to action. But no one talks about when they were part of the problem that they want to solve. Yeah. I help people do this, this, and this. Yeah, but when were you part of that problem? You know, like when were you part of the problem out there? Like, you know, where you were struggling in life and that's the people you help, you know? So I tell that part. Mm -hmm. I want people to know that, hey, look, I've been beat. I've been beat up, not beat. I want people to know. I want them to know even now that I have struggles. That's living with a courageous heart. Having the courage to do things where you might say, man, I don't know if anyone will ever work with me again. And you know what, though? It builds even more trust. Right. So I write things and do videos in a way that when people get on the phone with me or meet me in person, a level of trust has already been built. 
everybody. Oh my God. I, I mean, so first off, I'm really glad that we're recording this and this is going to be a podcast later <laughs> because Matt, here's the thing, Kirk and I, so my business partner and I were just talking about everything that you just said earlier mm-hmm. today, which is the authenticity, right? You, when people are going to connect with you now, it might not happen in a month, six months, 12 months or whatever. But if you do it right and you do it with a long view, which is what you're talking about here, the long view that everything fundamentally changes, you know, I'm wearing a, a Captain America uh, shirt and I, I wore it purposefully because I knew I was interviewing you today. And one of the things that the cap says all the time is after he gets beat up, he gets up and he says, I can do this all day. Yeah. And that's the thing is you guys need to realize, man, it doesn't matter. You get beat down. If you have the right people in your corner, if you've built your right value system, then all of the sudden you have the opportunity to truly be your own loud and rise above the noise and live a life that you're going to truly be proud of, which I believe yeah. is living with a courageous heart. That is living with a courageous heart. And I want to help people find that voice because so many people come to me that are just big, bold, beautiful human beings and they speak really quietly. You know, even if they do have that loud, boisterous voice, what's coming out of it isn't anything powerful. It's just stuff to try and be interesting and hopefully fit in and whatever it may be. But I'm like, let's find your voice. Are you willing for to turn some people off? Are you also willing to find your people? That's the thing. And so I was willing to draw a line in the sand and write some stuff that maybe some people didn't align with. Totally cool. They're not bad people. They're just not my people, you know? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't want to align with everybody. I'm not putting out this vanilla content. I'm putting out stuff that aligns with my values and somebody else's values, I hope too. There's nothing arrogant about it. It's just like, hey, look, I know who I want to spend my time with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to help people find that voice. And I've seen it so many times where I've watched people stand up taller in life and tell people no. Like people have said yes all the time. They're now saying no to things. They're no longer being people pleasers. They're their own human being now. And that's the most beautiful thing. And like I said, these things that they work through and overcome, it's all training for the next thing. That's why when COVID hit and this pandemic happened, I felt ready. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can handle this. I've been through it. I had the last swine. I had swine flu anyways. I was like, I've done pandemics before. <laughs> <laughs> Not like this one, but I'm like, all right, come on. And it was challenging. But you know what? I still had one of the best years of my life. Mm-hmm. And I can say that and not feel guilty about it. I think a lot of people feel guilty saying they had a good time during 2020. Not me. I had a great time. Even though I got sick, it almost took me out, but it didn't. Yep. And so, and I was prepared for that up here. I had a mindset for it. And that's what I was helping with my clients through it too. The work had been so good between us that they didn't leave me during 2020. They knew that the work that we were doing together was like really supporting them in their goals and keeping them moving forward incredible blessing and that i really do believe too that's living with a courageous heart also is putting money into yourself mm-hmm. putting some skin in the game to invest in yourself a lot of people don't have that courage they'd oh, rather have a thousand dollar car payment there you <laughs> go they'll, they'll buy a eight million dollar peloton bicycle instead of realizing <laughs> you know that uh no peloton bikes are cool don't get me wrong and they're not a sponsor of the show but thank you peloton. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> thanks peloton but ask yourself, when is the last time that you sunk money into who you are and the potential of who you can be? And if you do that, everything changes. So Matt, with that, brother, if somebody wants, if somebody hears this and they're like, you know what, I want to be with that tribe or I, wow, I never realized that tribe was there. 
right? What is the best way for them to reach out to you? And, and tell us a little bit about how they can engage you and what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm honored. Thank you. You know, LinkedIn is still my number one playground. I love that place. And I know they flash it on the screen there, you know, but you can find me under Matt Gagnon. It looks like Gagnon. And you'll see a bunch of emojis in my headline. You can't miss me. And then you can also connect with me on Instagram at I am Matt Gagnon. Or also another huge focus that's now just around values and morning routines is at uh, atomicmornings.io. I'm super passionate about it. I have at Matt Gagnon coaching, but I'm telling you, a lot of the action right now is between those first two accounts I told you. But Atomic Mornings is a blowing up. It's the program that saved my life when I was in critical care at the hospital. And it's just not just about morning routines. This is about reclaiming your time and owning the day. Between those two things, I bring, I merge the same type of living with a courageous heart attitude into it. You're interested in that stuff. I want you to contact me shoot me a DM on those platforms. I'd be more than happy to serve. This is my life purpose, and I'm blessed enough to call it a career. If you're ready to change the game and you're waiting for the perfect moment, well, let's not wait anymore. Let's just pick an unperfect moment. Which is freaking right now. Please, please, please take a look. Uh, we're going to make sure that uh, all of those links are in our show notes for when this comes out as a podcast. I want to thank Jen for uh, putting the caption up with your LinkedIn profile there. But, but again, guys, you can't miss. He's also got this kick-ass lion in his headline there, right? And you can't miss it. It's absolutely beautiful. Well, Matt, as I as we wrap up the, the show today, what should I have asked you? Did, did, what, did I miss something? Should, should I have asked you something that I didn't ask you? Help me with that. Yeah, how dare you? Uh, probably how to pronounce my last name. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, it's a safe space. I love you so much. It's a safe space. You can't do that. Uh, <laughs> I go into these things totally organic and I love them. You asked me everything you were supposed to ask me today. Good, good, That's good. it. There's no shoulda, coulda, wouldas here. We uh, nailed it. Well, I, and, and and this was magnificent. Uh, it really was. Thank you very, very much. And for those of you who are just experiencing for the first time, this is what this podcast is all about. Uh, and not like I'm ever going to have another Matt on, but I'm definitely going to try to find people who are like Matt, who are truly living their life with purpose, that they're their own loud, and also, most importantly, that they've been able to rise above the noise to get their message out to the right people. And Matt is perfect proof of that. He put his voice out there in, in what is actually considered a rather cluttered space, and his tribe found him, right? This is possible for all of you. I'm telling you right now, follow what he does, look at how he does it, and see if there's a way for you to do that within your life, within your practice, within your business. So, Matt... Hats off, brother. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Be Your Own Loud, where we reverse engineer success to help you accelerate your influence and break free from the torment of sales. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast, share with others in your company or profession, follow us on social media. This podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. Visit us at Proudmouth.com and join our Influence Accelerator Academy for free to enhance your marketing mindset and know-how.